Hello, this is Dr. Jeff Craig, superintendent for the West Aurora Schools, and this is our number 16 podcast. And today we have head varsity football coach Nate Eimer, who is in his 11th season at the helm of the Blackhawks football program. In addition to coaching, Mr. Eimer serves as a learning behavior specialist at West Aurora High School, and he co-teaches in the subject areas of chemistry, civics, and algebra. He's married to Stephanie Eimer, who is also one of our teachers and, and coach at Hergett Middle School. And together they have two daughters, Gwyneth Ann, who's seven, Hadley Page, who's five, and one son, Blake, who's two years old. Welcome, Nate. Glad to have you today. We appreciate uh, being a part of our podcast. Uh, excited to be here. This is uh, my first ever podcast, so uh, <laughs> excited to take on this challenge. We'll make sure we take it uh, nice and easy. Uh, no no dents or bruises today. That uh, sounds good. So... Um, you know, sometimes we, we start midway through people's careers and talk about uh, certain highlights, but since there is a, a really direct lineage with you back to the West Aurora School District, I'll take you all the way back. Talk to me about what it was like uh, being a student athlete as a, at West Aurora High School. First off, the building was smaller. Ah. Uh, there was quite a few sections that weren't here. You know, as a student, and I, I think this is what we talk about over and over again, I mean... Just being able to experience all the diversity um, was amazing. You know, that was an amazing experience. Just all the kids from different backgrounds. I think the teachers, you know, I have some teachers that are still teaching here now that I will never forget the rest of my life. Some that aren't here anymore. Um, I just thought they were amazing. The traditions, you know, I always talk about it. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty laid back when it comes to homecoming for some of the, you know, head football coaches because I know how great of a week it is um, and how special of an experience it is. Absolutely. Um, and then as an athlete, you know, football, we struggled a little bit when I was here. One of the reasons I wanted to come back, you know, and get this thing rolling. So, but the Friday night lights here, there's nothing like it. People talk about it all the time. And then I played basketball on some really good teams uh, in an era when, you know, we had season ticket holders on waiting lists. Um, so that was an amazing experience because I was a pretty good football player. I was an okay basketball player, but I got treated like a big time basketball player uh, just because of the era we played in, you know, and all the winning we had and all the fans. And so overall, Amazing. I mean, it's the reason I came back. It's the reason my kids live in this district. Uh, it's the reason I convinced my wife. I'm kidding. She chose to come over. But, you know, I love this place and uh, it's amazing. So, in essence, keeping that tradition moving forward uh, through yourself, your wife, your kids, you know, there's just talking about the ages of them. They've got another 11, 12, 16 years left in the district of uh, Imers being in the in West Aurora School District. I don't mean to depress you by all that time, but I mean, it certainly is carrying forward. And, and uh, it was interesting that you talk about you know, football and basketball and having some lack of success, but still liking, you know, the, the tradition that's created uh, where you are now and having some, some success. But uh, you played for some pretty heady people. Um, you know, we think about uh, our gym is named after Gordy Kirkman. Uh, I think he's the third or fourth winningest coach in the, the, the state of Illinois. And you guys did okay. Um, you know, you want to state title, you don't ever forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly, going back to some of my earlier years, way back when, uh, I remember those faces, I remember those times just like it was yesterday. Talk to the, to the folks a little bit about uh, playing for the legendary Gordy Corkman and just that, that era of some really spectacular wins. Yeah, there's a reason the guy has a gym named after him. Um, You know, I always describe him as, uh, it's kind of like Mr. Miyagi. You know, you'd, uh, so we never scrimmaged the first week. For a whole week, we would never scrimmage. So we would never run up and down the court five on five. And you do all these drills, you know, kind of like in Karate Kid, right? Uh-huh. And you just do these drills. 
and you'd be like, what am I doing this for? Like, and you just do it. And we would practice from 3.20 till 7.20. And that is not a joke, people out there. That is not a joke. We practiced for four hours the entire first week. So you do these drills, right? And then all of a sudden you get out there in the first game against a guy who's probably more athletic and better than you. And you're like, I get it. I get why he had me do these drills, you know? And so that was number one thing I learned from him. I mean, number two, he just got us to believe. I mean, again, I was a good basketball player, but not a great. But, man, when I put on that jersey for Gordy, I literally thought I could take on the best kids in the state. Wow. And we did. You know, I mean, the three years I was here, I mean, sophomore year, we lost a tough one to East High. Junior year, we go win the state title. We won 30 basketball games. And then senior year, people forget, like, we lost a bunch of seniors, and we went back down state, and we lost the first game down there. But I think we still won, like, 28 basketball games. That's impressive. And ranked, yeah, and we ranked number one in the state. So, no, it was amazing. I mean, there's a reason the guy has a gym named after him. He got you to believe. He got people to play together. Um, and he's a tremendous coach. I mean, he's one of the best coach. Like, the stuff he would drop at the end of games – we always had the right shot. Didn't always make it, yeah. but we always got us in the right spot. So, yeah, he's a legend for a reason. Well, and it's, you know, I think it's, uh, it's you talk to some of your former teammates, too. I mean, they still look back uh, more than fondly about uh, some of those times. Um, I think there's, uh, you know, there's uh, the group of people in the locker room and on the, on the competition floor that, that you always remember. Uh, but it doesn't hurt to have some success as well. Um, and that success translated for you to go on to post-secondary opportunities. Um, so you talk a little bit about where you went to college, mm-hmm. uh, what you did. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know where you went, and, mm-hmm. and I know what some of that background is there. Mm-hmm. But tell us, tell us a little bit about that. So I went and played Division II football uh, in Edinburgh University, which is in Pennsylvania, yes, which sir. is a tremendous Division One wrestling school. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. And I will tell you, that's a whole different podcast, but those guys, their level of uh, commitment, it, it it's a whole different beast, those Division One wrestlers. But um, so I went out there to play football. I played for another. Uh, some people in Illinois would call, wouldn't call him legendary. I'd call him legendary. Uh, Lou Tepper, oh, yeah. uh, who was the head football coach at the University of Illinois. And you know, the neat part about that experience is we went out there. The recruiting class that I was with, uh, we were not good. We were last in our conference. The last three years I was there, we won the conference title. All three of those years. Um, and you'll never forget that because, you know, the difference between high school and college is you live with those guys. Yep. You know, you don't have mommy and daddy you're going home to. So you go through a lot of uh, personal experiences, you know, when you grow up. Um, so still to this day, I mean, I probably keep in touch with, man, 15 to 20 guys from that team. That's incredible. Um, it is, you know. And then the other part that's kind of neat that people don't know because obviously it's all the way out in Pennsylvania it was actually one of the better education schools uh, in the state of Pennsylvania, which I think helped shape me. Just some of the mentors that I had out there, especially in the field that I went into, it was really, really good. So it's kind of weird. Like I run into a coach uh, who's just randomly at the University of Illinois camp and I'm randomly at the University of Illinois camp and we randomly get put together on a seven on seven team. And then I end out in uh, Pennsylvania playing football for five years. And if that had not happened, there's no way, you know, because kids from Illinois don't go out to Edinburgh to yeah. play football. So you look at it like that. I mean, everything happens for a reason. People in um, Illinois haven't heard of Edinburgh, right? No, they have not. I mean, unless you're a wrestling person yeah. like you, Dr. Craig, <laughs> uh, you have not heard of Edinburgh University. Um, so, yeah, great experience. Uh, again, it was really neat because we just weren't very good. And then we got 
pretty good um, by the time I left. Take a little bit of pride away from being a part of that uh, that turning point with them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that'll last with you forever. Like I said, I mean, I think my wedding party was pretty big. Like seventy percent of the guys were from that football team. That's just kind of what you go through, sure. you know. Um, so very neat experience. For That's sure. awesome. Yeah. Outstanding. Thanks for sharing that. We yeah. appreciate it. See, you know, it's interesting. You say about, you know, you, we've talked to about when you were a student athlete here at West and then going to Edinburgh and, and graduating. And then, you know, you grow up together and now you have to go out in the real world. And so I want to take you back to where you had your career start <clears throat> and back in uh, District 308. Mm-hmm. So you were the head girls basketball coach. Um, I know you were assistant. Were you the offensive coordinator for football? My last year was yeah. that, yep, yeah. when you're on varsity. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting dynamic, uh, not only with the football and basketball. You had a lot of success in the basketball, especially in the later years. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that experience, um, taking that first teaching job, that first coaching job, and then being being the head guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, first teaching job for all you first teachers out there. I mean, you, you don't know what you don't know. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was uh, just really fast. Uh, I can just remember the first couple of days like walking in and I nobody ever taught me how to take attendance, you know, yeah. and I figured that out and I'm still here 16 years later. So there was that. Now um, you know how to take attendance, right? I know how to take attendance <laughs> well. Yes, very well. Uh, it's not too hard with the e-school, the buttons. It's a lot easier probably than it was back when uh, my mom was teaching, who was also a uh, West Aurora. She was a 120 teacher didn't throw that tip that's in awesome there, yeah yeah so we got that got a, too got a shout out for mom yeah there. i got a shout out for mom um you know so then i took the head girls basketball job uh, i was there for three years i loved it you know again I, we did a lot of things we won our first regional game ever there um with some really great people and great kids i mean i still uh, keep in touch with some of those kids here and it's been so long ago now but um phenomenal experience and then coming over you know to west high it's just kind of right timing you know we we had some success over there we'd won we scored some points offensively that year on the varsity which was good and then uh, this job opened up and now i'm here 11 years later <laughs> yeah and so full disclosure um i have some insights i was the principal at oswego east for five years and mm-hmm. i was there when um when them, when West Aurora, when I was not here, uh, kind of stole you away and stole quite a few people away, which mm-hmm. was uh, smart on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I got to uh, reap the benefits of, of joining the, the team over here. Uh, but it was, you know, obviously once you found out your background, it was, uh, it was, there was no argument. There was no head, head scratching. There was no wondering, uh, this was coming home for you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I want to, I want to kind of talk about that journey not of leaving Oswego uh, East, but you came here 11 years ago. Now, this is my eighth year. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe that. But you came here 11 years ago. And uh, you talked about uh, some of the challenges that you had as a student athlete in football had really not changed a ton when you got here and knew that there was work to be done. So if you could talk to us a little bit about the football aspect first, uh, some of the things that you did to get when you talk about Coach Kirkman, getting people to believe, to buy in, to really think together um, and not separate. Talk a bit about what you went through to develop that. Yeah. It's a pretty loaded question. I know it is. Um, you know, I, the first thing is, and it, it's something we're, we're still tackling and we're getting better at, but just the weight room commitment. I mean, I could sit here and I could tell you, you know, we moved to the wing T, uh, you know, offensively, or, you know, we stayed in our 3-5-3 defensively, or our special teams got better, but we got stronger. I mean, it, it really is the difference in high school football. Like, if you can't win the line, you're not going to win many football games. It's just how it goes. So that was number one. I think developing a connection with the middle schools, you know, that was huge. 
Um, we've worked really hard to do that. And we're to the point now where we have a coach at every single home middle school football game they're watching our entire staff gets out and does it that's I think awesome that's, i think that's huge you know making sure those kids are pretty excited um about being here you know it, it sounds funny but you just keep working right like you know year one you do this well you do this well but you don't do that well okay we got to fix that you know year two okay we did this better but we're not doing this better and we just keep getting better you know i mean i don't know what else to say i mean you hear it all the time like people want this magic pill of like <laughs> what did you do right like how did you do it you just keep working hard you know and you have bad days and you have good days and you surround yourself with people uh that are going to be supportive um you surround yourself with people that are going to keep your energy up and i think we've done that you know and the kids have been great i mean the kids at west high are the most humble hard-working kids i've ever been around and so yeah that's kind of the what we've done you know we're going to keep doing it because you know we're kind of in a low right now right we had we had a talk we had a when I started here, things didn't go well, and then we had a good four-year run. You bet. Um, in the last three years, you know, we've lost some games, but we're probably playing at times as football as well as we played in my 11 years here. We're just not winning, you yep. know? And that's the other thing I keep telling our kids is, like, you can't get caught up in your record all the time, and I know that's really hard to understand as a 16-, 17-, and 18-year-old, but if you continue to do the right things – you're going to develop habits the rest of your life that are going to help you. So, so stealing some of your page of, of commentary there about our kids being humble, uh, you know, credit where credit is due. You, you have a, an infectious personality. When you talk about making the connections with the middle schools, that doesn't happen by accident. That doesn't happen just because you're the head coach and they, they just drop everything and fall for you. Um, that takes work, too. Um, you've cultivated those relationships. You've built those relationships with, with families and with kids and with teachers. You know, talk about getting the weight room. Coach Krause, um, working with him and make him a part of that process as well, where kids now are like, they, they see him as their strength and conditioning coach. And I, um, so I, I don't want to minimize uh, your efforts, uh, win or lose. You continue to make football fun. You make it developmental. You make it foundational. Um, you've made a difference here. And so that you've taken some pages out of your, your coaches and some of your previous programs. So I don't want to minimize that. Thank you. Um, you know, you talk a little bit about um, when you first got here, there was some familiar faces. Um, I know when I went back, I was a student athlete at Richards High School, and I became an assistant principal. Some of my coaches were teachers still. It was a really different dynamic. Um, are any of those, you know, people that were your teachers, uh, coaches were still around when you were here? And what did that feel like? Quite a few. <laughs> uh, I mean, on the football staff, it's hard for me to remember all, but there was probably four or five guys that actually had coached me here. Um, so here I am, a 28-year-old, right, walking into the first coaches meeting, uh, telling them what to do, yeah. you know, and how we're going to do things. So that dynamic, you know, again, those guys were amazing. I mean, one thing I would say here about that is, the mentors that I have had here, the people that have put their arm around me has just been unbelievable. And it's why I'm standing here today, right? Absolutely. Like, you don't go through some of the seasons we've had or the times that we've had, and you're still standing here if you don't have those people around. So with the coaches, it was it was awesome, you know? I mean, you know, around here, most of the, again, even like the teachers, I mean, they're just so helpful, like when you're struggling. So I never really felt like it was awkward. I mean, the first team meeting, yeah, it was awkward. <laughs> yeah, the first meeting. But once we got going, I mean, 
you know, I'm the head coach and they understand that. And when I ask for help, you know, they're there to help me out. That's awesome. Um, and just the messages and the calls, you know, even still to this day when we're struggling, like guys checking in on me. I mean, it's it's really an amazing thing here. And I think, you know, all the young teachers feel it, too. I mean, it's one of the reasons we, we retain a lot. You know, there's a lot of teachers that keep coming back here. There's a lot of teachers that have stayed here for a while. Absolutely. Um, because of the, the teachers that have been here for a long time and the mentoring they do. So, yeah, it, it wasn't too much of an effect. Except for the first meeting. <laughs> Certainly understand that. It's, uh, those were your mentors and the people you looked up to, and now you're, you're leading them. Yeah. That's a challenge. I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes we forget, not you and I, but we, we know that uh, coaching is, is a extracurricular, mm -hmm. and the curricular piece is our, is our main focus, and that's in our classroom with our kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, you play a very unique role with the co-teaching role with our as a learning behavior specialist. Um, mm -hmm. For those that aren't aware, what is what does that look like in that co-teaching role? And I, and I will do a little bragging as well, knowing that I've been able to witness you in that co-teaching mm -hmm. dynamic um, many, many times. And it is it's not easy to do. Mm -hmm. And but when it's done well, it just. It, it screams at you that this is the way to do it. And I think you do that very well. So talk a little bit about how that happens. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm a case manager in charge of some kids, individual education plans. Um, and then during my, you know, my day, I teach this year, I teach a math class. I teach a science class and I'm in a government class. Um, and, and, you know, the best way to describe it is I'm kind of the learning specialist, you know, so I'm there to, to help out when it comes to certain ways that information is presented. Um, as I get going, you know, and all people who are listening and understand how co-teaching works, I'll teach some of the lessons, you know, we'll go side by side and teach. We'll teach simultaneously. We'll split the class up and teach them. There's all kinds of ways to do it. And I've been doing it for 16 years with probably... Man, I used to do a, a it's not a clinic talk, that's my coach, but I used to go give some presentations on co-teaching. And I remember, I think after like 10 years, I'd done it with 25 different people. So I'm probably up to like 30, mid-30s. Mid sure. Um, so it can look a lot of different ways, but it's really just two teachers in the classroom. You know, one has, uh, is the expert, or shouldn't use that word, but one has the degree in the content, you know, and then there's me who has a degree in being a learning specialist. Um, and we work together in a variety of ways to teach the kids that are in the class. Um, I love it. It's great. I like working with people. So it makes my life better and it makes the kids life better if you do it right. You know, cause you got two different ways to present information. You got some different viewpoints on things and you got, you know, different teachers that relate to different students, you know, which is also a good thing. You bet. You know, it really so. customizes the, the process. But it, I think when it's done well, it's very it flows nice and smooth and back and forth. And you don't you don't feel those transitions. They just they just happen in a nice, smooth way. And kids, no. kids are in the middle of it and they're the they're the benefactor. Absolutely. And it just takes time. You know, a lot of people, if you're out there and you're a special education listener to this and you're frustrated, like there's all these people who write books and they speak and they say all these things and then you notice like when they put up the years they're with, it's usually like double digit years when you see those really good co-teaching teams, you know, I mean, who've been together for a while. And I've been lucky. I think I'm with all of my co-teachers for this will be my second to like seventh or sixth year with the with the three of them that I'm with. And the fourth I'm with first year. But then a good relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, right? We could sit here and say all kinds of things, but it's all about building relationships <laughs> and everything that we do. Roger that. Yeah. So 
I want to I want to do a little split time back with uh, not only the school aspect but the the football aspect and and reflect on it. I guess I'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the fact that we've uh, over the past twenty months we've experienced some unorthodox um, ways of going about the school year. Usually you start the school year off with you know band and football and cross country and girls tennis all those fall things that get you get you fired up and that that just didn't take place. Mm-hmm. You know to have football in the spring and snow on the ground uh it just was was awkward uh talk to us a little bit how you kept that um with your coaching staff with your 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 team your lifting through these really awkward times let's start with that one you know it started out with zooms right we we would try to zoom with the kids it just depended on the what time of year it was but you know once a week to you know a couple times a month Um, and then when we got into the summer, this was two summers ago, you know, we were able to do some activities, which was great, but you know, every time we got a chance to do stuff, we just tried to get the kids in there and do as much as we could. We just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, and then the spring came and out of nowhere, we're playing football. Right. And, uh, we just kind of approached it as like, it was just such a blessing. You know, I didn't really think that we were going to play last year, to be honest with you. Um, and the fact that we got to go out there at all was good, but there were some challenges with it because there were just some of our kids who just hadn't done a whole lot, you know, all uh, all fall and winter, and that was a big challenge. And then moving into this fall, you know, it's just been great to get back to some more normal. I remember somebody saying, "Me, is it going to be back to normal?" I'm like, "This still isn't normal," yeah. you know. I mean, we're we're close, but some of the things we're dealing with are still not normal. But that was a big challenge because we got done in the middle of April, yep, and then we kicked off in August. So my wife would tell you, like, I'm type A about nothing except my football calendar. So not being able to do our normal January, February, you know, all the things that lead up to it um, was really difficult. Um, But we're here. And again, it's just been that first home game we played Eisenhower. We lost and it was hard. I will never forget walking out on that field with a full crowd ever in my life. It was an awesome experience. And it just still to this day will resonate with me forever. Talk a little bit about... um some of the, the oddities of the past 20 months uh, due to COVID in football. Uh, what have you seen as far as impacts in the classroom? What changes um, and what are you working through right now? I think the kids just being used to the how long the day is, yeah. you know, and coming to school uh, for us five days a week, you know, because you remember the only there was some small groups, but really the seniors last year were the only ones that came back five days a week. Getting in school so, shape. Yes. <laughs> so you've definitely seen some kids, I think, that are um, – you know, a little tired um, at times. You know, obviously for some kids this year, year and a half, uh, two years, they got behind academically a little bit. Um, But, you know, on a positive note, I I feel like most of the groups I've worked with, I mean, they're really eager to be back. I think they kind of appreciate, you know, being face-to-face and interacting with their peers and interacting with their teachers. You know, we'll see. I think that's just the biggest thing right now is just getting used to being here five days a week, having to come every day and you know, making it through the full day. Um, but overall, I would say the experience has been great. I know for me, I mean, I got in this to be around kids and see kids. So it's just great to have everybody back. Absolutely. Um, and we'll just keep working through whatever challenges come our way as long as we can keep them in the building. <laughs> That's our motto. Yeah. Every day, all day, yes. for the rest of the year. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to take a few moments and brag on you a little bit, but <laughs> I want to, as I read through some of the, some of your achievements, uh, 
I want to ask you about some of your personal and professional goals that you that you have in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're not old, an old guy by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly uh, to share with the listeners about uh, your aspirations moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and in case people didn't know, um, my first year, you were named Chicago Bears Coach of the Week. You were inducted into the West Aurora Hall of Fame in both football and basketball, which you claim you weren't a great athlete, but obviously <laughs> somebody saw some some great value. Uh, you've coached, uh, you said we had a really strong run for those four years, um, and we got beat by the eventual state champ on a, a really tough call, and mm-hmm. um, if we could replay that, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of years ago, right before COVID, you were named to the uh, national list of 40 coaches under 40. And there's a variety of other litany of, of accomplishments to be very proud of. And so now when we look at some of those that you've already uh, achieved. What are some of your personal and professional goals moving forward? Yeah, I mean, personally, and this is just something, I don't know if anybody out there that's a young coach listening to, uh, I want to be a great dad and a great husband. You know, I think uh, whenever what we've built here and what we've done, um, and I think my coaches would appreciate it, is uh, very family friendly. You know, so that's personally number one. It always needs to be number one. Absolutely. Um, You know, you list all those awards and it's funny and I'm not just saying this because I'm sitting here trying to sound good like I just think about all the players that we had you know Mm -hmm. that made the plays you know our coaches and how hard they've worked and just how lucky I've been to be around those people but I've said it from the first day I got here I say it every awards night you know our goal is to win a state title I mean that's why I came back here you know that's why when we have those years and we do well you know we don't sit around and say well we've got it figured out you know because we don't we haven't figured that piece out yet it's one of the reasons you know and obviously we didn't just make the move because of football, but, you know, I was a big proponent of the move um, because I think we need to play against this kind of competition week in and week out to get us ready to make a long playoff run. You know, so that that's a big piece of it. Um, I think continuing to find ways to get our kids to reach their uh, post high school goals, you know, if that's um, getting an athletic scholarship, um, playing college football, um, or even just getting into college or doing what they want to do. You know, I think that's something we just want to keep working forward uh, towards and just keep building. I mean, I know that sounds corny, but I just I just want to keep building this thing. I mean, I came here to do this for as long as they'll let me. You bet. Um, and I don't plan on stopping. So um, staying hungry. That's it. I mean, that's really it. You know, we, uh, we're knocking on the door on a lot of things, and I'm very proud of what we've done, but we've still got a long ways to go. Well, it sounds like you uh, keep the, the main thing the main thing and keep those priorities uh, in the right order, and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure folks appreciate that. Yeah. You know, you, a couple of times you've kind of reached back and said, hey, for any of you young folks out there, um, so I'm going to really purposefully ask, uh, what kind of advice or counsel would you give to new teachers, new coaches coming up the, uh, the ranks uh, to help them be successful? Well, if you get married, marry the right person. Because uh, my wife is <laughs> well a saint. Done. Yeah, my wife is a saint for what she puts up with. Because the thing about being a head football coach is even when you're home, you're not home, you know, during the season, all the things that we deal with, the constant text messages, the, uh, you know, things like that. So that's number one. Number two, if you're going to be a head coach, surround yourself with people that are going to support you. You know, I mean, having guys that are the guru at O-line or this great offensive coordinator or, you know, thinking of other sport, like some phenomenal pitching coach are great. But if they're not going to support you, you don't feel that they're loyal. You're not going to last doing this long when you hit bad days. And I feel that over the past 11 years, and I was lucky with the, the group that I got to inherit, I've got a bunch of very loyal Uh, people that support me. And that's really important. That's in teaching and everything, right? Like you want to, when you get in your building, you know, and it may take time, 
but find the people that are going to be supportive of you. You know, find the people that when you have a bad day, aren't going to list the 15 things you're doing wrong, yeah. right? They're going to tell you the two to three things you're doing right. Even if you're doing a bunch of stuff wrong, you know, cause those kind of people, um, they're just really, really important to have around. And then the other thing, realize this thing's a roller coaster, right? Anybody that told you that you're going to get to the top of the mountain and then just keep staying on the top of the mountain, well, they're lying to you. You know, you're going to have some years uh, that are awesome and you're going to have some years that are really, really hard, Yeah. you know, and you're going to have days within those years uh, that are great, that are really, really hard. And you just have to wake up and keep going and keep getting better every single day. And also realize like it's okay to like be mad sometimes, you know, and it's okay to like be stressed um, and it's okay to not have good days because that's something I constantly remind myself, right? Like, you know, we lose football games and if you know me well, I take it hard, you know, and you just have to keep remembering that you just got to wake up the next day and keep working, you know, and find that system that works for you too, you know, whatever that is. That's that competitor that comes out in you though. I mean... It's why you prepare. It's why you work hard. You yeah. want to go out there and put your best foot forward and yeah. see if yours matches up against your opponent. Mm-hmm. And then when it doesn't, you know, you got to work through it. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I appreciate uh, you talk about the support and hanging around with the right people. It's not too different than what we tell our student athletes and our kids. You know, hang around with good kids that are doing good things, that are staying busy. They have positive influences. Mm-hmm. Don't hang around with that crowd. It's going to take you down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's uh, good advice for, for both age groups. No, absolutely. I, you know, I Googled it, so it had to be true. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure one time there was some statistic that said, like, I don't know, you're an average of the people that you hang around with or yeah. something like that. And there's something to that, you know. I mean, you know, you want to hang around people that are motivated, that keep you upbeat. Absolutely. You know, things like that. And that's definitely for young people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, you talked about as we as get ready to wrap up here, um, you've talked about a lot of um, unique activities and unique people here. You talked about our kids being super humble, our, our staff being super supportive. What would you, if you were to look to one or two things, what would you say are some of the one or two top uh, aspects of the district that are really positive that keep you coming back? Yeah. You look at our alumni that come back and teach here and have their kids living in the district well there's a reason they do that you know i mean that that, that'd be a pretty prominent stat i mean i don't have it off the top of my head but i know that when uh we have our uh you know, all district things and you have the alumni stand up or we do it at West High. It is absolutely amazing how many come back. And then if you were to double down and say, how many of you live in district, you'd be even more surprised, you know, and also people who um, come to work here and then move their kids in the district. Um, Again, I just think that says something about what gets done here, what we do here, um, the type of leadership we have here. There's a reason people keep doing that, you know, so that'd be number one. Um, Two, and everybody hears this, but you don't understand it until you're here. Like you will not find a place that is more diverse with this place. And I don't just mean, you know, ethnicity. I mean, like the backgrounds the kids come from, where they come from, you know, how they got here, where they're going to go, what they're going to do when they leave here, um, the successes that they have when they leave here. I mean, there's no school in the state that does it better than this, no district in the state that does it better than this. So I think that's a pretty good two. I think Absolutely. that would sell a lot of houses. So that's yeah. a big amen. Yeah. We see we see evidence of that uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Of um, you know when people are shocked at our diversity and what we look like and how we act and and it, bringing it all together every day is uh, it's an amazing event. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being a part of the podcast, sharing your your thoughts, um, your experiences. Congratulations on your previous successes and all the things to come. And we're glad you're here at West Aurora High School. 
Thanks, Dr. Craig. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it and a huge honor. Thank you very much. Outstanding. So I would just uh, ask people to remember that you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn Radio app. And I would encourage you to subscribe to the broadcast to give us your feedback so we can continue to improve our discussions. We'll see you next time. <laughs>